Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 16. Episode 28. This is Writing Excuses, common first page mistakes. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dong Wan. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. Okay, so this week we are talking about some of the most common mistakes that we all see in first pages of books. Um, So there's a few things that are sort of talked about a lot in workshops, among agents, among a lot of the writing advice. But we wanted to break down a little bit why these are... uh, why these don't work as places to start your book, even though they are sort of natural places that you think might be a good way to open. Um, So I think the first one is a really classic common one that you hear a lot, which is don't start your story with a character waking up. Um, And, you know, we see this a lot of a character coming out of sleep, waking up in bed. And, you know, it again is this thing of starting the story at the beginning because you think, oh, my character is going to have a big, exciting day. I just start where the day starts, which is them getting out of bed, seeing themselves in a mirror, and then they can describe themselves, get a cup of coffee, drive to work. And 
these are all natural things because it's what we think about as a person's life because a lot of a person's life is these little moments. The problem is, as a reader, you don't know anything about what this story is. By the time you're done with that scene, you have no information about the book. You may know a little bit about the character, but these also aren't moments that are really defining who a character is and what they care about under pressure. Right, because... because one of the things that you're you're dealing with in the morning is that you're disoriented. Like, and part of your goal in that opening is to ground your reader and to help them feel oriented. But a character's natural state, I mean, your natural state in the morning is disoriented. And the things that you're thinking about are not the things that are most important to you through the day. They're just like, where are my pants? And mm-hmm. that's not, I mean... I'm sure that there is out there somewhere someone who will write a really compelling story about where are my pants, but that's... Uh, <laughs> but it's it, not you. It's not... <laughs> I mean, I, I do so many chapter critiques and I teach so many classes and I'm astonished at the sheer number of people who will tell me to my face, yes, I know that we're not supposed to do this, but I'm doing it differently. No, you're not. Like, that's why we tell people not to do this. The odds of you on your very first novel being the one who cracks the code and is able to do this cliche in a brilliant and innovative way, it's just safer to stay away from these kinds of things. Of course, the problem with any kind of writing advice is there someone out there who did do it and it's great. (laughs) Odds are it's not you. Maybe it is. You can try, but then don't be frustrated when it doesn't work. So, like, for instance, there's a book that's just come out, which is uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. And his character literally, it starts with his character waking up in a literal white room. But he has reasons for doing that. Like, this is one of the things. It's like, when you do something like that, you are buying a thing. And he is buying something very specific with that. Um, He is buying a character who has been in a medically induced coma in space flight. And... And most of the fun of the book is figuring out, and like all of the book, really, the fun of it is him figuring out what's going on. And so he's buying a specific thing. However, I'm also pretty darn convinced that if that manuscript landed on an average agent's desk, that they would bounce off of that. You have to buy trust from the reader in some way. And starting with something that is something like that on your first go go round uh is is just not safe like Andy Weir has bought trust because he's Andy Weir not because of the actual writing on the page which is the, not fair but it's line, true <laughs> the first lines the first lines the first page of the martian were outstanding mm-hmm. they they grabbed me straight out of the gate and the book convinced me that i am you know I, I am willing to pick up more Andy Weir books and read well beyond the first page before making before making decisions. Yep. That is a luxury that debut authors simply don't have. Well, and the other thing is that, you know, he's he's using all of the other tools. He's using voice and he's created an unusual setting that the character is is waking up in. Um, but there there are other mistakes, too. It's not just the, the waking up. There's uh, uh, starting with dialogue. 
this is another example of of a thing that I see a lot of people do, and you can do it. Like the the book that I started, I mentioned last week, um, starts with a, a line of dialogue. The problem with starting with a line of dialogue is that that we do not hear uh, a voice without attaching things to it in the real world. It's incredibly rare to hear a voice and have no sense of who the person is. But when you start with a line of unattributed dialogue, you have no sense of who that person is. You don't know where you are. So the thing that I, oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, so what I was going to say was that the reason that it works in uh, in The Last Watch um, and, and then also Ender's Game begins with just straight dialogue, no dialogue tags at all. It's very, very short. But what it is telling you is these characters not, are not important. The subject of the conversation is the, the thing that is important. And in J.S. Dewis's, the subject of the conversation was the main character. And in Ender's Game, the subject of the conversation was Ender. And it's very, very fast and it gets you on and it, it launches you. What were you going to say, Don Juan? Oh, the thing that I notice most of the time is when it does start with that line of dialogue, I immediately forget what that line was. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's almost invisible to me nine times out of ten because I have no. I have, there's nothing for me to attach it to. Right. Yeah. The important thing to remember is you have spent hundreds, maybe thousands of hours thinking about your characters, this world, your plot, all those elements. I, as a reader, coming to your story for the first time, know exactly zero things about the book that you're giving me. I have nothing to attach anything to. So anything you present to me, A, I'm going to take it very literally. So be careful of wild metaphors in your first paragraph, because I will take them as real, actual things that you are saying. Like if you say this person is a duck, I'm going to think that person is a duck, even if what you meant was metaphorically this person walks and talks like a duck, right? Yeah, for Um, instance, uh, Gregor Samsa, not actually a cockroach. Debatable. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, so starting with a line of dialogue with nothing to attach it to in terms of character or setting or story, it, it just vanishes. It, it disappears into some recess in my brain, never to be seen again. And so I have to go back to that later to get context for, wait, why are they talking about this? Oh, right. Somebody said something before. And the last thing you ever want your reader doing on the first page is having to go back to the topic. Yeah. You want them yeah. going forward as fast as you can make them. Let, let, let me give uh, an example of this because I think it's really fascinating um, how problematic dialogue can be for all of these reasons. Sometimes, so like uh, in the example that, that Mary Robinette gave last time, I think the first line of dialogue was uh, spread your legs and bend over, right? Mm-hmm. Which by itself is very eye-catching. It is very compelling because it's shocking. And that kind of gives it a pass and makes it work because it makes it more memorable. But uh, uh so, so consider one of my very favorite first lines of all time, which is uh, Paradise by Toni Morrison. Uh, and the, it's narration. And the narrator says, they shoot the white girl first, with the rest they can take their time. It's incredibly shocking. It's compelling. But because it's narration, it's easy to understand. If you take that exact same line, they shoot the white girl first, and you put it in quotation marks, what you're doing is adding a bunch of extra layers on top of it that the reader doesn't understand. We don't know who's saying it. We don't know why they're saying it. We don't know who they're saying it to or in what situation. 
which means we understand it far less than if it was just the exact same words, but as narration. That is a great example. And, And speaking of first line, you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let me uh, use this to segue us to our book of the week, um, which is something I'm going to talk about. This is a, a literary magazine that I think you all should pick up a copy of. Um, this is the place that I made my my first couple of sales, and it is called literally The First Line, uh, thefirstline.com. And the premise of the magazine, they, it's a quarterly, They uh, each issue of the magazine Every story in that issue has the exact same first line because their premise is that if you hand Call Me Ishmael to Mark Twain, you do not get Moby Dick. You get something totally, totally different. So it's it's a really good example of what a first line, like how important a first line is, but also how much the rest of the story uh comes from from the specific author. Like the first line is incredibly important and also not important at all. Um, and to segue us out of that, I'm going to talk about a literary horror story, which is that my second novel, Glamour and Glass, when it came out, they accidentally omitted the opening line of the novel. Ooh. 
So this is a this is a thing that we, you know, I had done all of the things. I had gone back. I had labored. I am not kidding. There is a there is a handwritten page that is just me rewriting that first line over and over again to get exactly all of the beats that I wanted. And they left it out. Um, for reasons not on purpose. It was a for reasons. We'll, we'll just leave and it at that. Where did you bury the bodies? Um, the, you know, we have 12 acres. Um, and, uh, there's a gully. So (laughs) I feel that story in my bones every time I hear it. Yeah. But the thing is, if you don't know that first line is missing, the book actually plays just fine. It breaks me inside, uh, because I labored over it. And also because my closing line is an intentional mirror of the opening line. But one of the things that I did as kind of part of that how do we deal with this, was that I posted a thing on my website of uh, the second line to books mm. and the and, and asked people to guess, you know, which book this came from. And, and people were able to guess. So the thing to understand, I think, about openings is that it is a series of breadcrumbs. And the mistakes that a lot of authors will make is that that first thing that they put down on the page isn't a breadcrumb leading to the next thing. There's no logical causal progression. They're just trying for, I'm going to try to catch, I'm going to hook the reader with this shocking thing. And then and then we don't go on from there. And I think that's really the hard thing about that dialogue is it doesn't give you a base to build off of. It will connect at some point, but it's in, you know, in the example we're talking about in terms of the last watch, it connects so cleanly to the next line that you do get that breadcrumb effect. And, you know, the way I think about it is, you have a first line that leads to the first paragraph, which leads to the first page, which leads to the first scene. If you can get them past that threshold, you have them at least for the first chunk of your book. And, you know, you, you've got them into your book at that point. So, you know, if you think about that progression as sort of a clean step up into where you want to get to, I think that can be really helpful. I also like thinking about it in terms of the kinds of questions I want the reader to be asking themselves, even if they're not consciously articulating those questions, and how swiftly and satisfactorily I can answer those questions. Um, you know, if the first if the first line of the book is dialogue, the reader's question, to my mind, should be something along the lines of, why would someone say that? And then I immediately am told why that is being said. And it is an answer that raises another question. Oh, that makes perfect sense. But what's going to, what's going to happen to, and, and now I'm hooked. And so the first line of dialogue can work that way. But yeah, if the first line of dialogue, if the question I'm asking is, uh, who is, who is talking? What's even going on? That is way too broad a question. I want that first line to ask me a a narrower question, ask the reader a narrower question so that I can answer it specifically. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I'm going to uh, talk about, uh, or just segue us a little bit away from, from verbal dialogue, is, is also physical dialogue. Uh, Wesley Chu talks about combat as being nonverbal dialogue that that is a conversation. And so when you start with a fight scene, 
without telling us why we're in the fight scene. It's like coming in on two people having a conversation without understanding what any of the stakes are. So another very common mistake that you'll see is, is again, you, you want to start, you, you know, you want to start with the action. So you start with people having a fight. The reason that James Bond films can start with the cold open of Bond doing the things is because we know that we're in a James Bond film. We've, Bond is already an established character. Well, and the cold, the cold open is, is the, you know, dun, 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 you know, the music that tells us why we are here. It's, uh, yes, although that, that was... opening romp isn't quite that cold. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges of starting with a fight scene, start, people think, oh, I need to start in media rest and that's going to be exciting. But we don't know the character yet. We don't care about the character yet. So if this character dies, I genuinely don't care. Or if they get shot, I'm like, okay, cool. What's this book about, right? And so I think you need to give us something that we really care about and some way to attach to the character um, and and really pull us into the story that way. So I think people think action is a great way to start because it's exciting, but action's only exciting if there's real tension to it, if there's real threat to it, and there's no threat if there's no character that we know yet. So I think it can be a really tricky place to do it. I think with all three of these examples, as we're talking about it, and it's sort of become clear as we talk about it uh, in when we get in depth with it, is that these aren't fatal errors, but they are starting your book on hard mode right? It is possible to do these things, but you've set yourself a very high threshold that you need to clear in terms of you need to communicate to the reader very knowingly. You kind of need that wink, wink, nudge, nudge in those opening pages of, I know this is, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm doing it anyways. And you're going to trust me because I'm so competent at doing this thing. So it's all about building that trust in the reader in that opening scene. And go ahead. Oh, and and in fact, building trust is what we're going to be talking about next week. So, um, so before we, because I, I can feel myself wanting to talk about how to do that right now. Um, but why don't we, uh, why don't we give them homework, which is a very simple assignment this time. <laughs> your homework is make sure you haven't done these. Go back to your first page and consider where you're opening. Go back to that first scene and consider. Am I doing these mistakes? And, you know, maybe not necessarily one of these specific things, but think about the principles we've started to talk about here in terms of making sure you have a character we can attach to, making sure we have context, and then we're not coming into the story disoriented and confused. And really examine that first page and see, am I making these mistakes? And if not, then how do I make sure that we're moving forward from here? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, is my character, you know, have I, have I given the audience something to orient? Have I given them a breadcrumb about what the future story is going to be like? And we'll we'll talk uh, in next week about how to build trust with your reader. But right now, you are out of excuses. Now go write. This episode of Writing Excuses was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr. and mastered by Alex Jackson. Your hosts were Dongwon Song, Mary Robinette Kowal, Dan Wells, and Howard Taylor. The episode was brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash writing excuses. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.